This is the Player One podcast with Josh and Sam, where life is one big game and we are Player One. What do we mean by that? We mean that if you treated life as if it was a simulated game and that you're an active Player One inside of it, how you win is simple, reach your full potential. So, are you ready to level up? Cool. All right, Josh. Josh and I were just chatting about anime, chatting about Peaky Blinders, and here we are with another episode of um, of Upgrade Talks. It's been going on, bro. Not much, not much. You know me, just getting in the the Tommy Shelby spirit. I need Adam Hey, by order of the Peaky fucking Blinders. Oh, I've been into this. Yeah, it's for show. Sure. It suits you though that hat. You're lucky. You're lucky. <laughs> Bro, I know. How funny. Oh, when we used to put the snapbacks oh, on the head. Yuck. Oh, I've still got some killer photos. Yeah, you took some killer photos. How funny. The, the one hat that suits you is the one, <laughs> conventional hat. It's the one that you take <laughs> you know? Damn. Well, yeah, look, I'll go into some of the, some of the things that's been happening on my end. Um, just to start it off, a book I just finished reading for the second time, but I would say finished reading properly for the first time since last time I skipped a few chapters. This book here, No Excuses, The Power of Self-Discipline by Brian Tracy. Man, the reason I thought it'd be good to bring up is just, like I said to you, because I've told you about this book many times, and I'm sure you've been over it. It's just so damn good. It's so good. It cuts out all the bullshit that you can find um, in, in these type of books, it's just very simple, very well written, very concise. There's no fluff. The, the contents kind of show you itself what the book is about. It's just broken up into three, three sections, self-discipline and personal success, where it goes over character, goal setting, personal excellence, persistence. Then it's got self-discipline in business and sales, going over things in that region, money, time management, problem solving. And then self-discipline and the good life. So happiness, physical health, uh, marriage, children, friendship, and peace of mind. So it's cool. It's so cool seeing how they tie self-discipline into all those different areas. And definitely a book, like I thought to myself after finishing, I'm like, I have to share this one. 100% today, I have to share this one. Um, just based on how well-written it is. So I'll put it in the link. No excuses. Power of self-discipline. Brian Tracy. So did you just finish that? Just finish that. Just finish that. Um, probably like 30 minutes before I sent you that text. Yeah. Yeah, good. Good. And that's good that like just roughly from what I, you just said, does it go through the discipline of when you've made it and you are in a good life? Yes. And he tells you uh, in his own way, in his own experiences, what other challenges people face when, once they get there. That's why the, the very last chapter, it's just fun. It's cool seeing what the book ends on. It starts with all the stuff that you would expect to find in a self-help book, time management, managing your money, managing your, your problems, mindset. And then it ends with things that you wouldn't really expect to find in self-discipline books, such as self-discipline in children, self-discipline in marriage, self-discipline in friendships, self-discipline and peace of mind is the very last chapter. Yeah. And he actually touches on, on Zen Buddhism on mindset. So it's, yeah. it's different to what you would expect. Um, it's 
It's not in depth. It just covers facts and principles. And that's it. Good. That's really a good. Good. That's the sort of knowledge you want, you know, like you read it and you 100%. actionably do it right now or, or when you get there, you know, that's good. That's cool that you say that there's then Buddhism because that's exactly what they were going through with um, the last dance and Phil Jackson, coach of the Chicago Bulls was going through with Michael Jordan and that going through the Zen Buddhism of having peace in mind and being present, which they said was the yeah. one key to, to winning so many games, man, everything's and- linked. It's all linked. It's all links, and it's so cool with the last dance. We've been talking about that for a while now, but so worth it because you see at the elite level different ingredients coming into play. Mindset plus that's why um, someone. Well, actually, it ties in really well to the, the books that I bought on the weekend, which I promised myself I wouldn't buy any books, but here we are again. I bought this one by Ram Das. It's called "Be Here Now." This oh, book yeah. was recommended to me by Dan Herbertson from Absolute. And speaking of meditating, Dan has helped me just with uh, conversations and whatnot to do with meditating. And yeah, it's it's funny seeing how that's tied in. Same with the Last Dance. There's the, there are certain ingredients in play that are nece- that are, I wouldn't say necessary, but are valuable. And one of those things is, I would say, look, not Buddhism, not anything other than just peace of mind or control of your mind or trying to be in unison with your mind. And these are things that help when you're trying to work at, when you're trying to work hard at anything. So this is a book I'm looking forward to. He recommended this book under some good circumstances too. <laughs> so that's going to be fun. And the other two books... Wait, did you end up getting um, The Power of Now or not? I do have it, but I didn't buy it. Who, who, who gave me that? Someone gave me that book. I forgot who gave me that book. I should remember, but someone gave me that book. Um, so it's sitting in Glenroy, ready for me to read. Yeah, it'll probably be the same as Be Here Now anyway. Same sort of principle. Yeah. Probably, yeah. But this is interesting, this book. It doesn't look like this is how it's written kind of thing, you know? It's like that. So... What the other way it's around? Interesting. You'll check it out. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a, it's an interesting book. So I don't want to go too much into it because I don't know too much about it. I've just bought it based on recommendation and yeah. valid opinion. But check it out when I catch up with you in person. Suss this book out. It's it's pretty interesting the way it's just laid out and flicking through it, gems. You just find little gems and you're like, all right, I want to pay attention. Sweet. All right now. Other two. I'll just quickly finish it up. This one here, The Lies of Locke Lamora. This is nothing. This is just a fictional a fictional book based on someone who's supposed to be the thorn of Camelot, said to be an unbeatable swordsman, a master thief, a friend to the poor, and a ghost that walks the horse. Good book. That That'd be fun. What have that mix? What was that? What have that mix? Yeah, that's why, it was interesting. That's, that's why it was interesting. When I read it, I was like, hmm, okay, this is cool. That's, not, that's why books like this is, books are so interesting like fictional books I don't think too many people read fictional books but look at look at um, The Game is Life that itself you see how interesting it is when you get really absorbed into a book that's what happens every time you read a book a good fictional book it's like it's like it's different to watching a movie because that's more visual and audio this reading a book when you get into the story it's like it's like you're mentally entering into a different world yeah 
the last look is ideas that matter. Just going over different ideas, 21st century. But ideas mm, the game is life. The game is life. That's, the game is life. That's, that's very short. You know, when you say that about how fictional books don't get enough attention, man, that's, they don't get enough attention until they do. And when they do, usually you'll yeah. get a massive movie series and then the biggest thing ever. So it's like, Game of Thrones, covered, you know, how many Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, yeah, yeah, Harry Potter, you know, like yeah. they're, they're game changing and it's for so many different reasons. They can shift the culture or player one, mm-hmm. you know, ready player one, that movie that came through. And like, even that you see it and you're like, Oh, whoa, like that could be possible, you know? And it's the same thing. It's the That's same true. thing. It's a game. You can learn from, from fictional books, which I think not too many people are actually aware of that. You can learn from fictional books just as much as you can learn from non-fiction books. Um, I think people who get into reading at an older age, I'm talking adolescent onwards, it, they, they can focus more on the non-fiction, which is fine. Dabble around in the fiction books. It's like how we were chatting about all the different animes you watched beforehand, Avatar, um, Naruto, Dragon Ball Z. We, you learn so much from all these fictional stories, all this type of entertainment. You know, each character has certain characteristics, it's always fun. It's always interesting, you know. Yeah, exactly. There's so, there's so much to gain from it. Are you reading? Um, when you're reading the game is life. Are you reading book one, or did you did you read any more from there? I'm reading book one, and I'm only a little bit through it because I was. I, I'm like, let me finish this this one before I get um, distracted. But I'm just a little bit through it. But going through it again, man, just like how you said when you were going through it again, so good to touch on all the all the different concepts they go over in that book. Like it's probably worth us even chatting about now because it will give people a better idea of where, of what we're talking about when we talk about games life. Probably not a lot of people have taken the time to go and read it or buy it. Maybe they'll just hear us talk about it. But yeah, we did talk is, about this in a prior episode, but I mean, we're always picking up new listeners. So it's good to, to touch on here and there. So what's the well, concept the book, of games life? Game is life. The concept is to do with virtual re- reality, and it's very. The best way to explain it is it's similar to the Matrix, but not like the Matrix. So there is a separate virtual world that you enter, but this is in fact an education system. But more than an education system, it's a system that the whole society, um, that the whole world now depends on. So, in place of media and movies and entertainment and sport all that is on tv is the lives and the gameplays of these people entering the game you go there as a kid and you stay and you enter the game as a, as a child and each play you're allowed to go back many times up until you're 18 and the money you earn through the game is what will set you up outside of this game and everything is revolved around it. So everyone in society will have certain characters that they watch. Someone might really be interested in, in watching an exciting play from, let's say, Mozart, let's say from McGregor. Let's say this, this was, um, if Earth was the virtual reality, someone would watch and say, damn, that McGregor guy is having a real good play right now. And then there are certain things that people can do to enter the game uh, sorry, that, that people outside the game can do, such as thirsting. Thirsting is like, if you see a gameplay you really like and you have the money for it, you can pay to experience that person's life from a first-person perspective. 
So that's the concept. That's the world they live in, in this book, The Game of Life. Yeah. So it's the education system. There's no schools. Every play that they have is a lifetime lived and they keep that knowledge when they exit the game. But when you, you go back into it, you don't have any prior memories beforehand. So you think it's absolutely real. You experience everything in real time and you live a whole lifetime. Yeah. You don't know the outside. You don't know what's outside, but you come out, it takes you like a week to readjust to realize, Oh shit. Like I'm, I'm me. So then you plan for your next play where you spend some of your money to have occurrences that happen. You can um, pay on probability. It's not, yeah, it's not yeah. given, but you can pay for good chances that you'll be going into a good family. You have a certain characteristics or intuition and everything that it's crazy because everything they talk about when they talk about human emotions is just occurrences that you paid for like an algorithm. So your intuition means more than, what you think or your dreams mean more than what you think. It's not just coincidence. It's actually something that you enforce in yourself prior. If we're going on, on the, on the game's life theory. And I think that it's yeah. so important for you to trust your gut because it's telling, it's like you telling yourself a message on the outside. It'll get you and, the, 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 and a big key there is the idea that they, that they can spend their credits or their money on, on, on different things level up so you can exit the game and be like all right this time when i go in let me let me let me bump up charisma let me enter within this type of family let me have this sort of focus but what's really interesting is that the girl one of the main characters who enters and this is where i'm starting to draw a lot from her gameplay in the book is that when she enters her main focus is on playing the game, living life as though it's a game. Is that it? Yeah. That one, yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. So it's her last play. So she doesn't have very much money. And because maybe when you turn 18, you get kicked out and you're never allowed to play the game again. So on the last one, usually people make like a modest um, run. They don't want to risk too much just in case they don't earn enough money to set themselves out for the, the rest of their life. But she took the risk. She spent everything she had on trying to enforce that her character was playing a game of life, that everything was a game and nothing was serious. And that's what she did. She lived her full life, which is where the book one kicks off, that she was just playing a game. It's the world is a big playground and all the mini games that you set yourself is going to accumulate to win the overall game of life, which is where we draw the inspiration from. One little um, update on that, only because I've literally just gone over it. So true has just come out of the game. This is how the, the, the book one starts off. True has just come out of the game and he's had one of the best gameplays out. Everyone in the world is talking about his gameplay. I think he's ranked in the top two. There's only one person finishing above him. And now he's in a position where he can retire and sit pretty with all his credits and in his next gameplay, just choose to live an, an average life. Don't spend any credits on health or, long, or longevity. So maybe he'll fail out or die early um, and then that way he'll be left with a bunch of money but he makes the choice to go big go big or go home on his last play and he spends all the money that he's earned on certain characteristics and this gets really um, this gets really serious they have teams around him that, that that put in some analysis and figure out where they want to spend their credits and then the girl the girl actually failed out of the game she was what they call uh, she, she was a really good player. And then what happened was she failed out. 
And then the game actually, the game itself gave, gives a wild card. And it gave her, the wild card it chose was her. So now she's got this second opportunity to go back in the game, which is big. Because when you fail out of the game and you don't have credits, life is not good for people who don't do well in the game. So if you graduate at 18 and you haven't earned enough money from the game plays and you've messed up, you're struggling and, it's, and you're living in certain districts where, where it's dangerous. It's dangerous day to day. It's not good. Um, so she comes back in and that's what she decides. She goes, and she could have done it different. She could have decided to go back in and just go for an average play to get some extra cash. But she goes, you know what? I'm going to put all my money on, on, on longevity, on health, and on playing this game on focus and on focus. And then the woman asks her, okay, you spent so much money or so many, so many credits on focus. What are you going to focus on? And then she said, I'm just going to focus on, on playing the game or living life and going to game. And a lot happens from that. Yeah. Damn, so pivotal. We talked about this earlier about what we thought we would have spent our credits on coming into this life as Josh and as Sam. Do you think they've changed? <laughs> Do, do we do I think that like what what I said earlier has changed? Yeah, what did you say earlier on the on the early episode? You said you spent your credits on focus, I think. I think I said I think I remember saying focus and on I I don't actually remember. I don't want to misquote myself, but I, I, I do believe I would have said focus. Because I believe that something I I have inherently, you could say, is a stubborn focus to latch onto something or an idea and then not let go. <laughs> yeah. So I think that that would be one credit. Um, and then we both would have spent on different upbringings. I remember you may, mentioning that because you also mentioned you would have spent on interacting with characters at certain times. Cause you know, in the game that they can actually send people in. So these gym, like people like, you know, the people that we've met, Jamie, the good people that have given a lot many gems to you or I or both of us. Um, I believe that too, that everyone that we've interacted with has given us some sort of gem that we've been able to, to draw and try yeah. and act on. And it hits in a different way. It's not like they just say it off the cuff. It's like when they say it, it's almost like they're looking at your soul saying it and you're like, wait, how do you know I needed that right now? And I think that yeah. you don't take that lightly. You've got to hear it and be like, hang on a minute. This, you know, like, cause if you, if you don't, you're in the same position that you were anyway. But if you decide to be like, hang on a second, you know what? That's probably right. And then you act upon that. You're going to make a real difference in your life. And I think it's important yeah, to do that. Big time. And that, and that comes down to, to being open to receiving these gifts, which is what, which is what they are. Anytime someone gives you some sort of advice, it's a gift. And it's like, we have to be able to receive it in that way. Otherwise, it's not a bad thing if you don't, but otherwise you miss out on what's being given. But you're right, you are right. There are times when certain things are said, certain, just certain things are said and it hits different. It hits different. And I think that's what you can call or you can choose to identify what, with that how you want. I like to identify with that as, um, as a, you could say fate or a string of fate or something in in the game and I go off that a lot you go off that a lot yeah why not you're going to get benefits so you may as well like if 
And like whoever's listening now, why, how did you get here? How did you get here? Where are you right now? And why are you listening? Why did you choose to listen right now? And everything that we're saying, this is actionable, you know, like you're here right now in, in this point in time of your life, when we just happen to be recording and thought of an idea to make this podcast and talk like this. And it's like, well, ask yourself now, what, what sort of little interactions have I had in the last, in the last couple of years or even the last month or, or even just through isolation? And it's like, mm. if I had actioned upon them, would I have a different life? Would I be going in a different direction? Well, you can do the same thing now. Ask yourself now, you know, and where are you going to go from there? Do you like where you are now? Do you like where you're heading or not? You know, that's your choice. You, you have the action and you, the control is in your hand. No one's doing yeah. this for you. You know what I mean? Like you came into this you're with your own game. game. Yeah, you've got to play the game. <laughs> no one's going to play Whether you it. believe it or not, you're playing the game. You're the one here. Now, that's a great starting point and trying to figure out what to do next. Knowing that I'm, I'm the one playing. So I've got to be the one to do this. A lot of people, I feel, a, a lot of times we can, um, we can lose sight of that, the fact that we are actually in control, that we are the ones playing the game. But it's a good reminder. That's good. And the thing about this, this whole Game is Life book series is it uniquely ties in so many different elements of life that we really think are valuable. Valuable, like the girl uh, and and true. Sorry, no girl. I think true is the one that meditates. Yes, yeah. So true in the game, he he meditates, and meditating is a way for him to access different uh, different. Is I don't want to ruin the book, but it's how he communicates. Yeah, yeah, um, with people in the game. So. They tie everything in. Danielle ties things, ties in a lot of things to do with health. Early on in her gameplay, she develops a keen focus on Eastern medicine and on health in general. And that becomes a big focus of hers. And it's funny because it's like, you look at it from, from the outside as a reader and you say, what's the difference between me and the characters in this book? They choose yeah, exactly. to focus on certain things. I, I can choose to focus on certain things. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, or like, why have you got a certain focus already? You know, like, why did you, mm-hmm. why have you got such a massive focus on MMA? Was that a goal beforehand? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, if you, if you have that deep inclination for something that you just haven't been able to let go of, you've always been around that. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not been forced on you by your parents, and you don't actually like it. But if you actually like that and you can't stop thinking about it and you're like, I don't know where this is going. Am I going to make money off it? Is it just a temporary thing? There's a good chance that if you pursue that, you could lean somewhere. Not so much as, you know, it's going to be your big success and you you got a lot of money, but I'm just talking to live a good life around something that you enjoy. Isn't that what we're here to do? That's, you know? it. that's it. That, that's one of the, that's such a great thing to live a good life. And then it comes down to defining what that is. But I think a big part of that definition is doing what you enjoy because when you think about it, we, when you say we have to work, uh, when I say we have to work, I'm saying that we all have to spend time doing something that will allow us to look after ourselves and our family. Now, there are certain things in place um, and pathways that are well-known and understood. University, study, or um, learn a skill set, learn a trade, apply yourself, start a business. But 
whatever it is that you choose, it's something that we're going to be doing probably eight hours out of our day. Maybe, maybe more, maybe less. Five days a week, again, maybe more, maybe less. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time to be engaged in something. So I think when possible, feel out. We all have people say, I guess, well, I don't know what I love. I don't know what I enjoy. So some people are lucky enough to really know instantly this is what I enjoy, this is what I love. But if you don't know, sometimes just look through your own life at certain things that you um, have had more of an inclination towards. Sometimes it could be something like writing. If you like writing, if you like art, if you like um, sport, if you like filmmaking, whatever it is, if you like playing games, there's something out there. Just put time and effort into it. I think that when you do that, it grows stronger and stronger and stronger. And because you have an actual um, positive emotion towards the thing you're doing, it makes you resilient to everything that comes your way. All the, all the, the, the issues that come with pursuing something, all the, all the, 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 the negative feedback. Uh, yeah. It's, it's There's a good sense that you've probably already, like if you're already having some sort of or something, you're probably just a viewer, you know, like you're a fan of it, but you can change that, you know, like you don't have to be, that guy that sits there on Instagram flicking through film videos one after the other, but you're obviously pretty interested in film, you know? So instead of watching it, you know, start making your own little short film in your house, yeah. 30 seconds or a minute, play around with the editing, you know, and you, you, now you're taking the step towards being that, you know, now you like it so much, you can hit someone up, you know, start sending out emails to local guys that, you know, are, are looking for a filmmaker or whatever, or start doing it for a business and a freelancer. So it starts. It's about planting a seed, planting a seed, and then it will grow. And it's like planting a seed and then giving time and giving time for it to grow, but knowing that it will. Nothing just happens, but you need to plant it, you know, because the time is going to pass anyway. Five years from now, you're going to be at five years from now. So you might as well start it now. Yeah, exactly. You know? And I'm seeing it happen. I love seeing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big one. The, the time will pass anyway. Like you've got a choice what you do with that. Yeah, what is that? We spoke about that on a recent episode. There was between stimulus and response. There is choice. Choice. Yeah, the freedom to choose. Yes. That's, that's where we have our power. Freedom to choose, yeah. Yeah, well, going into that, from the, this whole player one stem, you've been doing something similar because the whole thing with the, the player one is to understand your character first know who you are, know what you're about, and then act from there, act accordingly with things that are in your favor, which you've done. You started yeah. doing some, some physical scans, right? Yeah, I, um, I was speaking to Reese from, from Rival Management, and he put me in touch with Jordy, who's a dietitian that works with a lot of people. And I got recommend. well, part of the process of working with them is to go and get scanned up. So I was prompted to do that. And when I, when I went there, I decided to, pay for one or two extra um, extra services. So like you said, know thyself. When you know yourself, you know more about where to improve, what to do, and especially with, with actual living, you know where to um, make certain upgrades. So I went and got a scan at Body Dexa, Body Dexa Fit or Body Dexa Health from good bloke there, Tony E. This scan is the most accurate scan in terms of just letting you know body weight, um, 
percentage of lean muscle, percentage of fat, bone density. And then I also did a metabolic test, breath analysis, to, to test out your metabolism. Um, and he also has DNA testing kits, which I didn't get, but you can get DNA testing kit for your diet, for, for vitamins and supplements. Uh, there's all sorts of testing you can get done. But for me, it was about figuring out or, or knowing more about exactly how I am and where I'm at because now I can make more decisions. You know, now I, can, I really know exactly in terms of also caloric intake, the amount of energy I spend, as we've all guessed in, in terms of my, my, my friends that I, that I train with, my metabolism was ridiculously too, like really, really high, which isn't necessarily um, the best thing in the world, but it's, there's positives to it. It just means I burn a lot of energy, a lot of calories doing not much. <laughs> so, so that's why it's like for me to put on weight, for me to, 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 I need to fuel myself correctly. And now we know exactly. And I'm really glad that I was prompted to do this because I can see the benefit. Now we know in terms of calories, how much I should have on heavy days, on lighter days. Uh, very important. I think it's, value, it's valuable. No, yeah, it's valuable. The yeah, principle absolutely. itself. Especially yeah. in, an, in a, an athletic endeavor, these are the once you get to that certain level, it's the one percenters that, that count that make the difference, you know. And it could be simple. just go and watch Joe Rogan with um, Joe Rogan with Henry Cejudo, the former champ of, of my division, and look at what he's talking about and the way he approaches training. You really can't, you really, like you said, it's those one percenters, you've got to really try and tie them up in all these areas, yeah. Yeah, that's that's all it is. That's good. That's really good you did that. You, so you weren't interested, or maybe like there's probably a lot for one day. But are you interested in doing any like DNA genome testing? I will. I think I will. I, first, I was like, hmm, they're gonna have. Then I was like, wait, I don't care who's got my DNA and and all this sort of information. Everyone's gonna have everything on me anyway. But I will do that. Well, I'm gonna try and get this one, this test done, uh, the whole thing done again in about in about six months and go from there. And when I do that, this time I'll, I'll get all the things done. If anyone's wondering about the, the cost, uh, it wasn't crazy. So just to get the DEXA scan, it's about uh, $99, a hundred bucks. And to get DEXA scan plus the metabolic testing, I think it was about maybe 200. That's good. So a little bit, yeah. It's, it's like, I guess you could say if it's not something valuable to you, it could sound pricey, but if it's something valuable to you, you'll think this is definitely worth it. Yeah. Yeah. It's perspective, you know, like, are you going to buy, yeah. you know, these new shoes or you want to invest in yourself? It's always yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. That's it's always like, that's good. It's like, it's worth it, isn't it? Yeah. It. That's it. I've been looking a little bit into the, the whole um, DNA genome testing. And I was looking at some kits that you can like do it yourself. And I'm like, ah, oh, probably not the best idea. I'll probably fuck it up somehow. But yeah, I'd actually if I'll I'll grab you the info after. I want to have a look at yeah. what um, what genomes you carry because then you can like because I was yeah. thinking a lot about passing off offspring, and I have this whole mm -hmm. debate in my head whether like should I am I fit to to carry on my genes into the world because that's all you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, of course, yeah, you know, a lot of people want to hold have that whole alpha thing where. You know, it's my genes, it's my baby. I'm going to make him to, to greatness. But are you really doing that? Like, are your genes the best to carry on or not? Are you, 
you're going to have them too many predispositions. They're going to put them on a, in a setback early on or not, you know? So I think it's, um, yeah, it's worth looking into. Are you really doing the best and giving the best chance or not? So, um, and I was talking about that with my, with my dad, this is an interesting point. Of, um, you might find this interesting. So I was like to him, look, is it weird seeing, you know, cause there's four, kids i got i got three siblings i'm like is it weird seeing how all your kids have such different dispositions and whatnot I'm like isn't that weird because same parents same house you know same much similar upbringing and he he brought up genetics he's like yes but at the same time just because people grow up in the same house with the same parents there are many variables outside of that number one if you want to go based on on, on that dynamic even though it's the same parents, there's still a different genetic makeup. That's the reason you look different. And even though you live in the same house, there are so many different things going on, um, different inclinations. You know, if you think about each, if you think about what's that thing that Bobby's always always talking about? Free will and determinism. So if you think about determinism, you go, okay, each little thing has an impact and brings me to this way and that way. If you think about that chain of events, each individual child will have so many different things going on. When they go to school, they might chat to one person, which therefore leads to this friendship. And then, so there are so many different things. But, True. And that's the thing. But I don't think it's like, of course, worry about the genes, but above all, genetic makeup, one thing, but then what can be learned, you know, is a whole other thing, especially at a young age when kids are really, uh, and their brains are trying to take on information. That's when you can offer the most value. True. Yeah. Or um, looking into, have you heard much about CRISPR, the genome editing? CRISPR. Yeah. No, but I think you might have mentioned it. Yeah, it's like the same concept as yeah. the movie Gattaca, where you can edit the genes. Mm -hmm. and, and there's a big debate that we're having at the moment between, um, well, for one, it's illegal in most countries. So you're not allowed to do, you're not allowed to do future editing of the genomes of your offspring. You can do um, editing on yourself, which is mostly like plastic surgery, um, certain vitamins that you take that can alter genes. But the whole debate is that we don't want to create luxury babies. We don't want to have babies that are just so well off, better off already because of money at an, at an early age. Because mm -hmm. if we start doing that, then we can start eliminating certain probabilities of, of cancers or of, of mental illnesses. You can start affecting their height and weight their build, Man. intelligence, their likelihood of this and that. And you're going to give your kids a way better off start, start, you know, and which is a good thing in a sense. But if you make it too good that people with less income can't afford to do this, then we start having disparities in culture in the world. And there's going to be rights for that, you know. So we have a lot of um, restrictions on what we can and can't do at the moment. But I have been looking into it and just sort of following on with where we're at. And CRISPR is the technology that allows the gene cutting. It's the cutting of the genes that we want. So if you start cutting off certain bad habits and traits that you don't want, you're going to have a more likelihood of the good ones. So it's about probability. And that whole technology mm. is what I've been looking into. Because you can't obviously do much for yourself at the moment. It's more like offspring that's going to have the best chance. But it's interesting to see what you can and can't do and where it's going to go. Because this technology has only been around for a couple of years now. So it's like, fuck, where are we going with this? You know, it's crazy. Man, the few, man I really think Black Mirror's got it sorted out. <laughs> if you watch, there's one episode I'll, I'll send and oh, I'll make sure it's in the link. 
there's one episode which relates to this a little bit, but it, you have to pay attention to that whole episode to catch it. Um, otherwise, you, you might get, you might miss it. And that episode is the one where the um, the soldiers go out, you know, and they go killing people, and they've got a lot of they've got implants in their eyes. You seen that episode? Yeah. yeah. So that 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 kind of explains it. Like, if people go back and watch that episode, we'll put the we'll put the link, we'll put the episode name and details in the description. But isn't that more that about, um, what's the, what's that word? Like dogma, what's, what's that word for bad publicity on another country or race? Hmm. <sighs> Shit. I can't think of the word, but like bad dogma or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Isn't it just that manifested? Wasn't that the message from the that episode? Yeah. But what actually happens is these chicks, because that's what I mean, because you have to watch this because I watched it twice once ages ago and then once recently and what he, what happens is at birth people are screened straight away and people that have seen uh people that that the screening shows potential defects like this guy is susceptible to getting the flu this guy is susceptible to getting this injury this woman this all happens as soon as the kid's born and then there you go that's your that's what happens you either if you are screened and it's found that you have these certain potential defects you become part of whatever they call them or whatever they call monsters or whatever and if you don't you live life as normal but the way that they tie this in is that these soldiers these soldiers go out there and kill they kill off these people these little babies not these babies that have grown up you know they go and kill these people but that can be hard to do if you're looking at this person and you go what's wrong with him why am i killing this innocent person so the, the, the implants in their eyes make them see these things, these, these humans as non-human. They see actually a monster. With, they can't even hear them speak. Whenever these humans talk, they only, it, it sounds like a shrieking sound. But what happens is one of them has developed this little thing, that little laser that kills the implant in your eyes and he shines it on one of the soldiers and the soldier suddenly sees his friends, his teammates killing all these random humans. He doesn't know that his, that his implant has been um, dis disabled. So he starts protecting it. And then the woman that he saves tells him, I'm not a monster. This is what you're seeing. This is me. What happens is your implant makes you see something else. And he's like, why? And then she tells him, at birth we're screened. And then that's it. We're divided based on that, based on what comes up in the screening. Exactly. That's exactly crazy. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's that whole thing manifested. And that's exactly what I'm saying about creating that disparity between um, financial levels. You know what I mean? Like if we think yeah. you're good and we start eliminating everything like the loose ends, you know, then we've got a real problem because then who's to say what's a loose end and who's to say what's not. Cause there was a big argument yeah. with this whole CRISPR thing because you can start eliminating genomes that carry, um, I don't know what the exact term of, but, the thing that makes like midgets or people with Down syndrome, mm -hmm. you start cutting that out. And people are saying, who's to say that that's a defect? You know, like obviously people with Down syndrome or I don't know what the word is, but midgets are going to be like, hang on, like we can function just as well as you can. So who's to say, like who sets the boundaries of what's acceptable and what's not, you know? Slippery slope. Bad. Slippery slope. Sure. And it's going to take a while before slope. you can do this, you know? Yeah. I think, I think, look, just, I think, my thoughts on it could change in the future. Right now, it's 
if there is a very base, if there is a strict baseline of things that we could eliminate, such as the potential for um, the potential for cancer, or the potential for certain things, and everyone could agree on like a, on a list of things that at birth your child you say, okay, this child is not going to have cancer, and he's not going to die from the flu, and that's it. Yeah, it's good. But like I said, slippery slope because then yeah. you start saying, also, well, the way the world works is yin and yang. There's oh, death is a part of life, and these things that happen are also part of the way. Like it can get crazy there. It's yeah. interesting though. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. something to watch. I think. But yeah. in terms of 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 um, well, I guess what we're really talking about is just knowing who we are. You know, that's the whole interesting one to know our DNA and know our capabilities in certain certain dispositions that we may have weaknesses that we may not be aware of and strengths that we didn't know were that, yeah. you know, which is good that you've done these scans. I think it's going to be a, a big key factor in a lot of changes to come and a lot of things that you're going to yeah. implement based off of that. You know what I mean? I think it's important. And anyone that does it will, will get that benefit out of it because instantly when you have the data, you can now curate a better diet. If you go through, you can see, because based on your DNA, there are certain things that you will, this is what I read from the DNA. There are certain things that um, that you might respond better to, certain foods, certain things. If you think about it, if you think about where you've all come from and whatnot, people from different areas respond differently to different foods based on them growing up eating this. So having the information, you can put together a much better, much more effective um, nutritional plan, diet plan, even just a training plan, knowing how much or how many calories and how much kilojoules how many kilojoules sorry you're you're burning this is all good information very very good information yeah but the main thing is from that health like as well as knowing about yourself for me it was health because once i know more i can do more um and health is getting more and more of a of a of a big focus not just in like being healthy and training but long longevity similar to Danielle in longevity, I'm trying to focus on certain things. I'm looking into whatever I can that I find valuable. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just to stick around for as long as you can. You know, that we yeah. spoke on that as well, I think in the last episode that every single living thing has that somehow they just have that inclination and that second nature to just want to be here for as long as we can. No one, you know, you, your body has certain functions to stop you from, you know, so that alone DNA just tells us that we want to be here for as long as we can. And something like that, like adopting a, a really healthy habit from an early age is going mm-hmm. to help you. You know, that's, that's the goal. But in, in saying that, you know, those, um, we spoke about this in the last episode as well. Upgrade talk two is that we've been setting like a lot of challenges for ourselves and you've always been doing this. Yeah. Friends that have done this, that that's gone into high places. And we spoke about having this childlike mentality. And this childlike mentality is just exactly that. So if you see a kid and they're just running around, jumping and touching things and they're challenging themselves to do things, it might sound trivial, but they want to see if they can jump over this or jump and touch that or who can run faster, who can do the bottle flip, whatever. But man, I've been taking that serious. And last night, I, when you're talking about that stubborn, that stubborn focus, oh man, it was driving me insane. No. I don't even know what I was doing. Especially I when you know you can do it. Yeah, I was just going to do a little yeah. workout, you know. I had, you know, a good little session planned. And I'm like, yeah, this would be good. So after I did five by five minute round skipping just for like a workout and mixing yeah. like body weight stuff in between. 
And then after it, because remember how we spoke about the importance of play after doing the work? Because that's where we get and start adding things. And I was like, all right, I can't afford to do this while I'm doing the workout because it'll probably take away from that. So I'll do the workout first. And then after it, I'll just have a play. See if I can get some double unders or tricks, whatever. And then as I'm doing it, I just felt myself just click. I'm like, fuck, I'm stuck here now. And I have to get this. <laughs> and I just wanted to do just three consecutive crisscrosses because I realized I've been doing them wrong the whole time. You got to like, you yeah. got to suck the criss and the cross. It goes twice. Anyway, I'm like, one, two, three, right? yeah. I have to get three in a row. And dude, it took me 42 minutes and I counted, I filmed the whole thing and went through and, and found all my little mistakes. Dude, 177 tries and 42 minutes. And I got it. And I was fucking over the moon. Could not believe it. And I was just G'd up. And you know, and, but it just gets that mental rep in. It's like, if I set my mind to it, I'm going to do it. Doesn't matter how long it takes, how many times I stuff it up. If I have to come back the next day, I'm going to get it done. And I have that, like that feel of that, you know, you just feel it inside of you that yeah. you do anything, anything at all. Man, it's, and the way that, like that process is the same way, the same process for achieving everything else. It's the same with, with so many things. Like, for example, like look at us with, with Tiki, the same thing. Like there's, there's other things that we're, that we're doing now. We'll try like different ideas on where to take it. But it's the same exact process. You start, you try. Now imagine if on like the 110th try of that skip, you're like, fuck, I've done 110 tries. Good night. I'm off to bed. It was right there. You know what I mean? It was just right there up ahead. That's, and that's good. I feel like that's how you build that mental muscle. That can be the, the challenge, the mental muscle challenge. Yeah, the mental muscle. When we get that branding, wait, mental muscle. Yeah, that's, let's start that. The mental muscle or the play one, whatever you want to call it. Let's start that challenge amongst the audience. So like what what I did and you, you do put one up too. Yeah. Of whatever it is, a little bottle, whatever you want to do. So like I did, I put this up, but whoever's listening right now, it's the mental muscle challenge or the player one challenge, whatever you decide to hashtag it. And all you have to do is put a clip up of whatever the small or big challenge that you set yourself Maybe it was to do a handstand or a cartwheel or, or read a book in a day, whatever it is that you just have to have that stubborn. Oh, film, it, film the whole process. Film how many times you stuck yeah. up, how many, time, how many tries it took you, how long it took you. Take a 30-second video, whatever it is. Just put it all together and put it up. And what should we award the winner of our favorite one? The winner of the Mental Muscle Play One Challenge. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll think and, and get back to it, but it'll be a prize. We'll make sure it's something that you'll definitely like. Even if it comes down to like a cash prize, you know, something that is, is someone will use worthwhile. We're not going to give them a pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, we should get a few um, copies of the, the Game is Life book and start giving that yeah, out. Yeah, we should. We really should. That'd be I think that's, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Hmm. We'll think of a prize. That. That's definitely an option. But yeah. yeah. That would be good. That would be, that'd be sick because people start seeing it, you know what I mean? Because once you mm-hmm. start seeing it for yourself, because you can hear us talk about this and it sounds great, it sounds cool, but once you start doing it yourself and you actually see, oh, shit, I can really do whatever it is, whatever the, the goal that I set myself, if you just sit down and keep those repetitions, keep failing, keep trying, keep doing it, 
and put it out there. I want to see how many times you stuff up. You know, everyone just wants to put it like, out there. Mm-hmm. What is, it's also one of the benefits of participating in this mental muscle challenge because what you'll find is that this can be a lifelong challenge. And once you start, you find yourself doing this in so many different ways. The, the benefit is, which was mentioned, but mentioned it clearly, is it's in the title, it's a mental muscle. So you're engaging in a mental rep, just like how we have physical reps, you know, lifting up weights, we have those mental reps. This mental rep is the muscle of persistence. And it teaches you that it can be done with persistence. You know, you go again, again, again. Uh, I myself have fallen in so many traps with it where I've been stuck somewhere for ages. And you never want to go. The only times I've gone is if I've been something that's like some, look, you can't sit there and be like, all right, I'm going to do a triple backflip in 30 minutes. And you've never backflipped before. Won't get done. You'll get benefit from trying. But it better off would be, I'm going to do a triple backflip by the end of the year. And then you go, all right, cool. Yeah, that's a fair point. We'll have some guidelines. It can't be something too crazy that's not realistic to get in a day or, or a session. Or your simple challenge. Oh, really for me, it would be very often. Hmm. Wait, go, go again. Call. Oh, yeah. go. Funny. Sorry, I just like, there was just a phone. Someone tried to call me. What that actually was for is me teeing up to do, to try to get more information. So I'm getting blood tests done. Um, I forgot what he told me I need to get them done for, but I know I'm going to test like testosterone levels, thyroid, and one or two other things. So again, just collecting that info. But mm-hmm. hung up on that call. So <laughs> mental muscle challenge. It's going to be good. You're going to be engaging in, the, in, in mental reps, building the muscle of persistence. We'll call it, wait, let's call it the play in one challenge. I want to cop that clout off the back challenge. end of it. Yeah. Done, done, done. Player one challenge. Player one challenge. Hashtag player one. Player one, yeah. With the one, not Good the four. N-E. Player one. Hashtag player one challenge. Boom. And we'll think of a, we'll think of a good little prize. We'll put a post up and then well, probably today, actually, talking about that. Well, oh shit, when are we going to release this episode? We won't be releasing this episode until... Well, what I was actually thinking was our previous um, upgrade talk, we can release on Wednesday, tomorrow, midweek. And then next week, we, and, and we're still ahead. So do we have one in the bank? No, no. This is in the bank and Lucky Joe is in the bank. All right. So then we could post this one. Didn't we have one more? No, we didn't. Well, we could post this one tomorrow. We, we could post this one tomorrow. Next week on Tuesday, record again. And I think we... Hmm. Wait, I'll put this one... Wait, Either way. Because we want one like a Sunday. Either way. I'll put this one like a Sunday. You put this one up on a Sunday? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Done deal. We'll work around What there. about the... Yeah, we'll work it out. That's Either cool. way, the challenge is going to go up and people are going to get some something out of it. It'll be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to do it. All right. Let me just... Um, I'll kick the, the recording off from there. Thanks again for listening and I hope to see your videos on the Player One Challenge.